Hello and welcome back to the Closed Pyramid presented by the Stateside Soccer Show where we talk lower league soccer in America. Now it's been quite a bit since I've done an episode. Um, Scheduling wise has not been great for me. Um, But uh, I did want to come back specifically because there was some big news that was broken. Um, So that's going to be what most of this episode is about compared to our usual checking how the usl is doing we'll still do some of that as we go but you may have seen the report from tom bogert uh at the athletic that the usl is thinking about instituting promotion and relegation so will we still be a closed pyramid will the show have to change its title at some point we will see some people would say we'll still be closed because mls will not partake in this but Uh, There's some quotes in here that makes it sound like USL would be fighting for uh, Division I status, which means that technically you would have a top flight and relegation below it. Uh, But I I did want to highlight some of the things and the passages and also what I think is needed in order to make this work. I saw some very odd takes throughout the last few days regarding this, some being that uh, you know, hey, this is everything we've wanted, right? And then there's also some takes that were, this won't move the needle at all. And I think I fall somewhere more in the middle here, uh, which is, it probably sounds boring, right? But I, I, what I, what I mean by that is there are a few things that I still think need to be done in conjunction with uh, promotion relegation that will lead to the USL being a little bit more solid foundation. Uh, to help them compete with MLS. There are some interesting quotes I'm going to read from the article. I recommend, if you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, to subscribe and read uh, Tom Bogert's work. He covers a lot of transfer stuff. There's also great writers at The Athletic, like Paul Tenorio, uh, Pablo Maurer, you know, people that will cover soccer in America blank like as a whole blanket you know just all soccer in america mls uh this is kind of like the first thing i think i've really seen that is focusing on the usl on the platform so i thought this would be a very interesting topic this isn't a league that gets a lot of publication a lot of press uh you know there's the great usl show the podcast uh that covers the league extensively the way that i would want to cover this league if i had time and resources to do so they are so good at their job And uh, we're going to take a dive into what this could mean for not just the USL, but for soccer in America, how this would affect MLS. We're going to take a look at all of that today and what I think needs to be done in order to make this a success, because I don't think the pro rel is the end all be all, meaning I don't think just instituting promotion relegation is going to be enough to draw people to the league. I think there are things that will happen due to the domino effect of promotion and relegation that might help the league as well. But I do think that there are some instances where it will draw some new fans. It's not going to be an overnight success. I don't think. And again, we'll have to see how they do it if they even do it right. So apparently there's a vote going on in the month of August, uh, which is where uh, they are set to vote for the adoption of promotion and relegation in its lower division men's soccer structure. Uh, This is what sources briefed on the plans told The Athletic. 
Um, the sources were granted anonymity because they were not authorized to, you know, discuss the vote, obviously. Uh, they are optimistic it'll be passed, but it's not considered a certainty. So I guess that's the first part we got to look at here is none of this is guaranteed. This could just be the first step. And what I mean by that is the first step that this is out in the public, this is being talked about. Will this happen now? That is the kind of stuff that we're going to have to actually question. And we're going to have to see with this vote next month on how this is going to happen. If this vote does get adopted, by the way, this show is going to become like, I'm really going to have to keep up with it all the time because I think we're going to have a bunch of news throughout the next weeks when this thing gets adopted, if it gets adopted. And then also probably the fallout if it doesn't get adopted, right? What made people vote no? What They were kind of optimistic about it. What happened? That's the kind of stuff that I'm curious on the fallout, and hopefully there will be just as much reporting about that than there was about this initial vote. Okay, uh, so it is taking place August 9th through the 10th in Colorado Springs is where they're having their USL Board of Governors meeting. This is where the vote will take place. Uh, if enacted, the USL would be the first open professional league system in modern U.S. soccer history. Uh, now, the vote, it says here in the article, will not be specific and finalized framework for promotion relegation. It's going to be uh, just the, you know, the topic is up for vote, which means that once it's voted on, they're going to have to start thinking about how they're going to frame it, how they're going to do it, when they're going to enact it. So none of this is like a, like, this is for sure going to happen on this date, right? Like, if they adopt it, it's not going to take effect next season. Now, it says that there's an outside chance that it would take effect 2024. But I'm saying is it's not like immediately going into effect. They're going to have to work out how they're going to frame it out. And the, and the reason for that is in this article, it also quotes that they are looking at creating another division in USL that would be between the championship and League One, which would then kind of create a third tier. So what this sounds like to me, is that League 2 is not going to be part of this. And part, League 2, if people don't really know or you know are not familiar, does not really have professional teams. They're like semi-pro. They use a lot of like college kids on their offseason. So, of course, that would be kind of a no-go uh, for League 2. Now, I assume that some of these teams, if they are League 2, might be able to apply to be in League One, maybe, and then League One teams might go to the other tier, meaning that maybe there could be a chance, because I'm not sure how this works otherwise. Uh, you know, So reading this here, it says, while the specifics of the plan are still up for deliberation, the league is exploring creating additional tier between the championship and League One current standing. Expansion teams may step into this new middle tier, pending payments of fees greater than those necessary for entry into League One. One source said the current asking fee for entry into League One is around $5 million. So maybe you're looking at $10 million. I don't know what the expansion fee for a championship team is like. But they said Sporting Merit will dictate some clubs dropping from the championship to the new circuit. One source said they're not aware of any way in which a pre-existing club can move up or down the initial pyramid beyond on-field performance. So it's not like a League One club can buy their way into the championship. Now, new or into the league above 
League One. But expansion teams might be able to purchase their option into that middle tier. So this is interesting. I, f- I find this very interesting because, look, we, we talk a lot about Baltimore on our shows because I am a Baltimore fan. I got my Orioles uh, Baltimore <laughs> soccer jersey uh, that they are ha- had a giveaway last year to do another one today when I'm going. But, you know, I, I do think that this market, Baltimore, is a strong market. If you look at EPL ratings, a lot of times it's a high market in viewership. Uh I think it would be interesting to see how that would work. Can a Baltimore team step up and actually purchase the middle tier? Maybe they think the middle tier is more attractive than a USL championship because they might just be able to pay a lesser fee and then get promoted on sporting merit, right? That might be a thing that draws some of these expansion teams that were maybe thinking of League One into the championship or the tier below the championship, actually, uh, which we don't have a name for (laughs) right now. Uh, So it's going to be confusing when I'm talking about it. But they might think that middle tier is more valuable than going into League One because it's one less step to the championship. And you don't have to pay the whatever the expansion fee is for the USL championship. So I do think some clubs that maybe were on the fence or thinking about joining might eventually do this. MLS can handicap this a bit. And what I mean by that is if they get like, all right, well, actually we are going to go to 31 teams. So we're going to bring in Sacramento right now. You know, like there are historic clubs that have been flirting with MLS for quite some time in the USL championship and making that move. But one thing I do like about this is a team like forward Madison, who I like watching and their jerseys are nice and all that. Uh, Their logo is great can be a league one team and then make the jump to the championship at some point, And it'd be considered in a top flight of us soccer. What this could also do is if USL championship does get sanctioned as a division one league, I would assume that the CONCACAF champions league would be granting them a spot or two into the league. The reason I think that is because while people might think MLS would block this, They do give a spot to the Canadian Premier League, which is the technical first division of Canada, uh, even though Canadian teams are also in the Open Cup. I mean, not the Open Cup, sorry, into the Champions League due to their version of the Open Cup, the Canadian Championship. So uh, this this is kind of what I think is interesting on, on how we might be able to get some of these teams into things like the champions league, which would then of course give them an influx of cash. As we know that the, the champions league money is getting greater uh, each year here, which means more teams should be taking it seriously, which means more teams will want to get in. So it's kind of like this domino effect. Like I alluded to earlier, where I feel like this could like for people that say I had, you know, some people say, what will this exactly do? This isn't going to do anything. And I think it can. I, I do think this can make a big deal. When you just look at the domino effect of if they get pro rel, if they get division one, there's a lot of ifs, right? It opens up pathways for them to actually compete with MLS. Now, of course, we'll talk more about how they can compete with MLS in a little bit here, but just something I wanted to think about while talking about this. Back to the article 
they would be creating a third tier for professional USL clubs is seen as a crucial step for a successful model. Um, you can't call this true promotion and relegation if only one league has promotion and the other has relegation, which is one of the sources. Uh, one of the sources said there wouldn't be enough at stake. And what I mean by what they mean by that is what people have always been theorizing is that at one point MLS is going to grow too big and there's going to be an MLS one and an MLS two, and that you could have pro rel between the two of them, but they would still be an MLS and they'd still get part of the profits, I guess. Right. Which then the billionaires might think, hey, that's actually fine. But uh, in USL, this guy, this source, doesn't think that it is enough to only have two leagues that have the movement. And I, I tend to agree. I think three leagues is kind of, I think, the minimum to really make it work. Because you there, there, there are stakes then in the middle tier. That second division, which the other, if there's only two, there'd be no stakes for any team that doesn't get promoted. They're still alive. They're still there. There's no option to drop down. In USL, if you have three USL leagues, the championship, the middle tier, and League One, then if you get relegated from the championship, you have to make sure you're fielding a good team for league uh, for the middle tier, or else you're going to fall down the League One. So there is some stuff at stakes here. Uh, when you have three tiers. And I think it's a, a more reasonable thing that if you're a League One team, it's really like, if we do everything right in two years, we're up in the top. I think that is why three is such a good number. You know, people always talk about the, you know, what, the, the, in everything's in threes, magical threes, everything like that, right? Because it is integral. And we're talking about a pyramid. Hey, three sides of a pyramid, right? So I think it makes sense to have three leagues going up and down. Now, I wish League Two could be a part of it. That's where my team is, Christos, right? Like, there's some things here. But what this doesn't even think, what I didn't even think of until right now, I've talked about this for so long in, in the rest of the episodes, is the uncertainty of Nisa going forward. Is this an option? for these Nisa teams to abandon Nisa and join this middle tier and survive because I, that would be great. Maryland Bobcats. I love watching them in the uh, Nisa. It'd be great to have them have an option to get into USL and promote, you know, uh, throughout the leagues because I don't think Nisa is successful enough or, stable enough at this point they have what like nine teams they play wildly weird schedules they're not on a good television channel what they're on an app called 11 like there isn't enough exposure for nisa i do think this could work better if that is the middle tier and what i mean by that is maybe not all the clubs but whatever clubs are interested might jump ship the way detroit city did to the usl and one way to do that is by purchasing that middle tier expansion to become part of history, part of the promotion and relegation for the first time in the modern era of U.S. soccer. That can be a legacy there itself. And then I think that could work. I think that is where some of these clubs might come from. Because I was starting to think, like, where else are these expansion clubs going to come from? 
if not from Nisa. And I think it is probably Nisa and whatever League Two teams, if they want to make the jump into a middle tier or League One, they might have that option if they want to go fully pro and not semi-pro. But Nisa, I think, is a good shout. I think looking at Nisa and where they stand, it took them forever to even release their schedule this season. I'm worried about their future. I've said that numerous times on here. Maybe this is their future. Uh, now, they wouldn't be called Nisa, but if these clubs make the jump, I don't know what they're going to call it, right? You have the championship, the middle tier, League One. I think League One might become the middle tier. Like, that's what it'll be named, and they'll just rename League One to League Two, maybe, and call League Three, uh, League Two, like almost what it used to be called, USLPDL, Professional Development League. I could see something like that happening instead. Something to think about. I, I didn't have that in my notes, but I just started going off on this tangent. See, it, it does open up so many possibilities. People saying it doesn't, I think, are missing some of the thing here because I think it has so many possibilities here. Uh, pending interest in ensuing vote, the new three-level structure could be implemented as soon as 2024. That's what I was saying earlier, that they said it could start next year. Alternatively, next season could... Um, be used to determine which clubs will be at the uh which level of the newly split championship because the championship does have a lot of clubs right we have uh 24 so i'm assuming if you split you could do a 12 league division one a 12 league division two plus expansion so maybe you actually do Let's say you have 20 in the top flight. You have four that go into this newly created division along with expansion teams and whatever teams get promoted from USL League One. So then maybe you have a 15 to 20 team second division. And then you have however many for League One because League One doesn't have that many teams anymore either, right? from what I remember looking at it here. USL League One has 12 teams. All right, so let's say you promote three. Those three go into the middle tier. You relegate four from USL Championship. And that gives you seven get like seven expansion teams maybe something like that anyway i'm not going to dive into the weeds too much on that just kind of something I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about uh so here's another quote here the usl is in great position because it can adopt promotion and relegation said one usl owner mls have backed themselves into a corner because how do you tell san diego that they're going to pay 500 million dollars for an expansion fee and maybe get relegated and that's true. That's a, that's one of the things that MLS is going to have to, which is why we never thought it would happen, right? Because the millionaires and billionaires are spending almost half a billion dollars to even get in the league now. Before it was a hundred million. I remember when clubs were coming in for a hundred million, and now they're coming in for five hundred million. It's absolutely crazy. So that's something that I think USL does have an edge there on what they can do to implement this.
Um, some people say that it could be at odds with USL's increased focus on developing and selling young players if clubs have further incentive to prioritize winning over all else. Um, another owner said promotion and relegation is truly one of the best constructs in pro sports. I believe that it could take USL to a completely new level. Now, any competition change would need to be ratified by the USL Players Association, which now they have their own collective bargaining agreements um, that they in 2021 and 2022 was the first time that they had USL Players Association. Uh, now, yeah, I guess we'll see how that is. Now, what does USL, USLPA said in a statement? They said promotion relegation is an original and inherent part of the professional soccer framework, but given the different economic foundation and infrastructure of American professional sports leagues, implementing a promotion relegation in a rational manner in the U.S. has presented a conundrum. Given that it is an ecosystem with multiple leagues and divisions, the USL is positioned to make history and introduce promotion relegation to North American professional soccer. That said, there are many issues yet to be navigated and negotiated, and we look forward to having the league approach and engage USL PA in meaningful discussions. That, to me, reads like a quote that says, we're kind of down for it. Meaning that, hey, this is something that happens in soccer. You know, of course, you're going to have to be careful on how you do it. Uh, but we look forward to talking about it in a rational manner, adopting it, you know, its position to make history. It has an ecosystem with multiple leagues. Like, it's like the players know, like, hey, this this might be good. And I do think maybe the, I was just thinking maybe the USLPA might put a stop to this. But that statement, I think it's a pretty good statement for USL. Another source said ProRel on its own isn't a magic bullet. It can be done effectively and ineffectively. So, yeah, uh, that that is the gist of the article. I didn't read everything, so, you know, if you want more information, like I said, go ahead and sign up for The Athletic and read it. But what I, what I do want to kind of jump into here is my thoughts. I know I've been sharing them quite a bit here on this episode, but things that I think are needed to make this work not just pro rel. Okay. One thing they need is a better TV deal. I'm not sure this will attract as much interest if it stays on ESPN plus with little promotion. I know the channel has been occasionally putting the league on ESPN two this summer, but it would need more exposure locally and nationally. If you have a league that's pro rel, there has to be, a plus to getting promoted, right? Not just getting into a higher league and winning it. But some of the reason these lower teams over in England want to get in there is the TV money, right? That comes through. Now I'm not sure what type of deal they have with ESPN. I, I think it's probably more of a old MLS style, which means that they're probably paying ESPN to put themselves on there. But I think that is something that needs to be addressed into this are they going to get any tv money if they get promoted do they get less tv money if they're a division two team that's the kind of thing that can really i think make and while that won't matter for fans what it matters for is the owners right who are like oh we can make more money if we invest in this team and get up another level and which that means that they're actually trying to put a product on the field so they get promoted 
which means that the fans are happy because they're getting good teams, good players on the field. So that's step one for me. Uh, along with this is better TV quality. If they are ready to put their money into ProRel, they've got to up the quality of the broadcast. I've talked about it plenty on the few episodes we've done so far, but the quality of the broadcast needs to be better. I'm talking about better replays, better cut to replays, better uh, angles, a better camera, better camera work, more cameras, right? If you watch an MLS match, you get tons of angles of stuff. If you watch the Premier League, you get even more angles. If you watch USL Championship, you get like three or four angles. That's it. USL League One, you're happy with one angle, right? Like that is what needs to be fixed. Uh, there's sometimes too where there's not enough cameras to catch what's happening. You don't see the red card, what caused it. You don't see the goal go in if it's a half field shot because I think that happened, right? We talked about somebody chipped a keeper. We barely saw it on one of these games earlier in the season because of the way that they only had like one angle on it and the cameraman didn't turn fast enough to get the full ball into the back of the net. That's frustrating as a viewer. Very frustrating. Now, it's not all about TV. As we know, USL uh, you know, is a lower league than MLS. Their ratings are not as good as what MLS ratings were, which were not great in the grand scheme of sports on broadcast TV. But there are some other things that need to happen here. Investment into sporting complexes and facilities. This is another big one. The USL level needs better fields, training complexes, and facilities. How many of these do we see that are on high school turf fields, college turf football fields? There needs to be better fields. We already heard Don Garber say about USL, you know, US Open Cup that the USL team's fields are not great. And you're putting these players out there. Now, obviously, some MLS fields are not great <laughs> either, but they're trying. They're getting you know, better stadiums, better fields. USL needs to get to that step too. There are some teams that have really great specific soccer stadiums and all of that, but there are a few teams, especially in the League One and League Two, right, that are just going to the local community college football field. And you have awful lines everywhere, bad turf, the ball's bouncing. You know, when you look overseas, they all have their own stadiums. They have their own training grounds. This is crucial for the growth of the sport here. And while people might say, well, that doesn't matter, right? We don't get enough fans as it is. I think more fans would come out, too, if the game is better. If the game is just better, and it's on better field and looks better, where it's not a million different lines for lacrosse, for football, for soccer, for field hockey, you don't have all those lines everywhere and you have a ball that's not bouncing six feet off the turf all the time, I think you're going to get better soccer and in turn you're going to get better, you know, more fans because of the better product. Going hand in hand with that, will ProRel move the needle? I think it can move the needle in interest in American soccer, both from outside of the states and inside of the states. But like they said in the quote, this isn't some end-all, be-all move. 
I know some of this won't make a big difference locally, and I can understand that, but I do think if the USL Championship gets sanctioned as a separate first division, then knowing your team can make it through the tiers to a top flight may draw more interest in these smaller markets. Like I said earlier, we talk a lot about Baltimore because that's where I'm from. They were linked to USL Championship for quite a long time. Now it seems like what we're going to get instead is an MLS Next Pro team that is part of the DC United family. Have you watched any of the MLS Next Pro games on Apple? Not a lot of fans show up there. Now, I know some people think, well, minor league baseball does pretty well, right? People go see their minor league team, even if it is not an affiliate of their major league team. And I can attest to that. I've gone to Aberdeen Ironbirds games. I've been to Delmarva Shorebirds games, Frederick Keys when they were part of the Orioles system. But, there's also the option of people have view those teams almost as their own identity locally, right? Durham Bulls. That is a historic franchise when it comes to minor league baseball. Minor league soccer doesn't really have those, uh, unless you're talking about USL Championship with Tampa Bay Rowdies, Louisville, some of these teams that are Sacramento Republic. They're kind of getting their own brand down there but i don't think an mls next pro team can do that and what i mean by that is imagine what they're called most of the time these league two teams mls next pro teams are called philadelphia union 2 new york red bulls 2 nycfc 2 now you do have some that are a little bit better like uh rsls which are like the what Royals or whatever it doesn't give them an opportunity to draw their own connection to the team. What I mean is, okay, Aberdeen Ironbirds are a baseball team that are minor league. Yes. They're an affiliate of the Orioles, but if you're a person that grew up in Aberdeen or you just live in Aberdeen, or in Harford County, Maryland, you might think, let's go to the Ironbirds game. They're, they're my team. They're the local closest team to me. Now, you can also be a fan of that and the Ironbirds. You can watch them, even if you're a fan of something like the Yankees, right? You have a good night at the minor league ballpark. I think it's a little different if you're going to a team called DC United 2, because they're not going to be called Loud and United, right? If the if they, an MLS Next Pro team ends up playing in MLS Next Pro and in Baltimore, I doubt they're going to be called Loud and United. So they're probably going to be called DC United too. Baltimore fans are not usually fans of DC teams. Now, there are the occasional fans that are also DC United fans or Capital fans or Wizards fans. Like I casually watch the Washington Wizards as my team. But not everyone will do that. Uh, so there is kind of like a little brother, big brother relationship between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. Sometimes there are rivals like the Washington football team, the commanders, right? Or uh, the Nationals. So you're supporting a team that doesn't have its own identity if they come in the MLS Next Pro just named number two. Right? Which is probably why those fans are not showing up as much either. And now you also know the team has nowhere to go, right? The team has nowhere to go. DC United 2 
is not going to be able to go play in DC United 1, right? They're not going to be able to get promoted to MLS. But a Baltimore USL team can get promoted. They can go up the ladder. They can play against those MLS teams in U.S. Open Cup. I do think it could make a difference because I don't think an MLS Next Pro team is going to move a needle in a market like Baltimore, a way USL team were, where we can make it our own, where we can call them something like Charm City Soccer Club or, you know, uh, the Baltimore Bows, which used to be a team, right? Like we could put our own stamp on the team in the city instead of just being a number two. I think with an open period, more fans will come to the games as the team gets better and goes up the ladder. So let's say you're a League One team and you get promoted to the middle tier. You now have more money to spend, theoretically, if that's how they decide to divvy this up, which means you can probably get better players, which means a better product on the field, which means winning more games, which means becoming more relevant nationally or locally, which gets more fans locally there. That's the way I see it. That's the way it's supposed to be. Then you go from the middle tier and you get up to the championship. You get more influx of money due to TV or whatever deals they have. You get a better sponsor on your shirt, right? You're getting more exposure in your national, in your local market. I keep saying national market, local market. And you go from there and you get even better players. And when you get those better players, the field, you know, the product on the field gets better, which means you're winning more, which means you're probably winning a championship, which means your fans are coming out to the games more. I mean, sometimes they still talk Baltimore Blast, the indoor team, on local radio. They'll have the coach on after they win a championship. They'll talk it very briefly. But if you get a winning team, it's going to break into the market somehow. So I do think that this can move the needle a bit. Now, of course, it depends on things like good ownership, right? Good ownership that's going to put money into the team and not just get promoted and then take a check and then fall right back down the standings or whatever. It's also going to have to do with some marketing. You're going to have to go out there and actually market what ProRel is and, hey, we have a team that can go up the ladder here. And that kind of might hinge on it getting top flight status as well, having dual division ones. What do we do if not? Is it dual division twos as USL championship and the middle tier? Or is USL championship considered division two? And there's no way to break into that open pyramid, uh, you know, break into the MLS and it's never a fully open pyramid and it's going to be fully closed. Things like that that's going to hinge on if this is a success or not. So there you go. That's kind of my pitch here for how this can work in America. Promotion, relegation, USL. Let's get it done. Let's vote on it August 9th through the 10th. Let's do it. Let's see how wild we can get with it. If it fails, it fails, right? But let's try. 
I'm not even like a diehard pro rel fan, but like having a league like USL that has multiple tiers, like the USL PA said, it is a possibility for that league to make this work. To change American soccer. Now, of course, how can it do it, right? Because there is the big issue that we didn't talk about yet. How can it compete with MLS if they are both dual number one divisions? That is the toughest thing. Because MLS can bring in players like Lionel Messi. USL cannot. So where do we go? Where does it go from here? That's the question I have. Because you will need to be able to challenge MLS. Not just with Pro-Rel, but you're going to have to get better players over here. Now the good thing is too, this will hopefully help MLS too. What I mean by that is the players that are not good enough for MLS will have an even better safety net into USL. Which we've already kind of seen. Players like Antoine Hopeno used to be a Philadelphia Union player, is now playing in USL Championship and is playing uh, every year, you know, in, in the past, probably just out of soccer at this point. But it'd be a bigger safety net because you'll have three tiers below it that pro re- <laughs> the player could really fall and hopefully still have enough uh, to make a living off of it. So that's the conundrum. How do you, will this be enough to compare with or compete with MLS getting players like Messi and giving them big money and stakes of ownership and all this kind of stuff? No, it's not. It's not enough for that at all. But it's a step. Some players are going to move for money. Some players are going to move for merit. At some point, they might be presented with, you go to MLS or you go to USL and have Pro-Rel. Some players might say, I'm going to go to the open league I'm familiar with, and some are going to go where the big money is. I'd say most are going to go where the big money is. But it's something to think about. Something to definitely think about and how that can affect the leagues. Okay, I think I've rambled enough about that. Let's go ahead and quickly look at the standings for the Eastern Conference and USL Championship. The Riverhounds have bounced back up to the top of the East. They have 35 points. They've played 19 games. And uh, they have only two losses on the season. Now, they have nine wins and eight draws, uh, 11 goal differential. But uh, in their last five, they are undefeated. Another team that's undefeated in their last five are the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Remember at one point they were very low in the table. They have four wins in their last five. They have 34 points and they have a game in hand. So they can theoretically jump over Pittsburgh in the next game. Charleston Battery are in third. They were at one point first in the league. They have a negative one goal differential. Uh, They have 32 points. Memphis 901 is sitting in fourth, 29 points. They had a draw recently that put an end to their skid here where they had two losses in a row at the beginning of July. 
Uh, one of those being six nil loss to Phoenix and a four nil loss to San Antonio. So they were playing the West and they were getting pretty smashed there. Louisville is in fifth uh, with 29 points as well. Birmingham Legion who were first place, like what a week or two into the season. They're down to six, 23 points are now 12 points off the first place. They've not been good recently. They have eight losses on the season, seven wins and two draws. Two of those wins in their last five, by the way. So they were really off to an even worse start. FC Tulsa is in seventh with 22 points. Indy 11 in eighth with 21. Loudoun United in ninth with 20. Detroit City in 10th with 17. Miami FC in 11th with 16 points. And Hartford Athletic in 12th with 10 points. They have five straight losses. 12 losses on the year, Hartford Athletic. Playoff spot stop at position eight, it looks like. So that would be Indy 11. Uh, in the Western Conference, Sac Republic in first place with 34 points. They only have one win in their last five, one loss, but they've had three draws. They have 19, uh, 18 games played, 34 points. San Antonio is equal with them, but they've played one more game. They've played 19 games. They have 34 points. El Paso in third with 31 points. San Diego Loyal in fourth with 30. Colorado Springs Switchbacks in fifth with 28 points. Monterey Bay in sixth with 27. Phoenix Rising in seventh with 25 points. New Mexico United in eighth with 25 points. And that's the end of the playoff spots. Oakland Roots in ninth with 24 points. Rio Grande Valley in tenth with 23. Orange County SC in 11th with 22, and Las Vegas Lights with 11 points on the season. That's one better than Hartford, and that's from their two recent draws, I guess. But yeah, so that's where we're currently standing in USL. In USL League One, Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC is in first place with 29 points. They're playing pretty well. Ford Madison in second with 28. North Carolina in third with 27. Charlotte Independence in fourth with 26. Richmond Kickers in fifth with 24. And Greenville Triumph with 22 points in sixth. That's the end of the playoff spots. Union Omaha in seventh with 22 points. One Knoxville in eighth with 22 points. South Georgia Tormenta in ninth with 18. Lexington in tenth with 14. Chattanooga Red Wolves in 11th with 13. And Central Valley Fuego. FC in 12th with five straight losses in their last five. Not good. Not good. Take a look at the NISA standings before we head out for the, uh, for the day here. Where's the table? There's the table. All right, in first place in NISA is Chattanooga FC. They have 12 games played. They have 30 points. They've not lost yet. Albion San Diego has played 12 now as well. Remember, there was a time where they had played like zero and other teams have played three. <laughs> they now have played 12, which is the second most. Um, they have 21 points. Maryland Bobcats, my boys, they're in third. They have uh, 13 games played, 19 points. Chattanooga is just running away with this, by the way. Michigan Stars in fourth with 18 points. They've only played nine games. Club de Lyon uh, in fifth with 17 points. Los Angeles Force 
is in sixth with 14 points. Gold Star FC Detroit is in seventh with nine. Flower City Union in eighth with six points. And Savannah Clovers FC is in ninth place with five points, less than one point per match. They've not won at home. They've lost five at home. They've won one game away and lost three on the road. Yeah, not a good start of the season for the Savannah Clovers. And that's your updates. Tanisa, USL Championship and USL League 1. I'm not going to go through USL League 2. There's too many divisions and teams to go through right now. But I hope everyone thought that was a good discussion here at ProRel. If you want to share your thoughts on promotion and relegation in U.S. soccer, you can contact us at stateside show on uh, email, which is gmail at gmail.com or on Twitter, Facebook threads, Instagram, hit us up wherever you want and we can talk pro rel. You can leave us your comments on what you think. If it's going to be a hit or not comment below on the video. If you're on YouTube, if you think that USL is going to implement pro rel and if it moves the needle at all for you as a fan, or if you think it does for fans around the nation, you can like and subscribe as well. If you want to see more content on USL, our main show, Stateside Soccer Show, is going to be talking mostly MLS and U.S. men's national team. And coming up in a few days, the U.S. women start their World Cup journey. We'll be talking about that on the show as well. Thank you all for watching or listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll catch you next time.